dozens of times, Bob Sanders didn't quite know what the next step was. However, looking back now, he can see the puzzle pieces being put together into his life to bring him into the ministry, partly as a recreation minister and now as the minister of pastoral care at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This is Ridgecrest Stories, a podcast of Ridgecrest Baptist Church where we tell the stories of staff members and others who are a part of Ridgecrest Baptist Church and what their ministries mean to them. I hope you will enjoy our visit with Bob Sanders today. We're talking today with Bob Sanders. He is a minister of pastoral care here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. And Bob, thank you for joining us. I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about your role here at Ridgecrest and what all that encompasses. Well, as pastoral care minister, we have several different roles. One of the main things we do is we have a large ministry to our shut-ins and homebound. Uh, we also do a, a lot of hospital visitation. Of course, we split that up amongst the ministerial staff, which is good. Uh, we do some benevolent we, benevolent work. Most of that work is done inside our church for our church members because we have the association who does a lot of the work outside in our community. Uh, and then on the side, I kind of handle memberships, uh, new members, uh, baptisms, and that sort of thing. I want to circle back around to this role that you are in now later on, but I do want to ask you just a little bit as we begin talking today. I'm sure that can be quite a burdensome position sometime with with everything that you have to handle, and you're also meeting a lot of people, whether it's on the benevolent side or or when someone has just lost a loved one at some of the lowest points of their life. Yeah, you know, I've served in many different roles, uh, I guess, out the secular world. You know, I remember working in the Department of Defense and carrying a top secret clearance and having the pressure of that. But I will tell you, this is a different kind of uh, emotional type stress. Uh, and that's just the way I'm wired. It, you know, it's a it's a joy to be able to minister to families. Uh, but in the loss of a loved one or wa- walking someone through the last few weeks or months of their life can be difficult. But, you know, I, when I took this role, I, I prayed for two things specifically. Lord, give me discernment, but also give me wisdom and the right words to share with these families in these moments. But it does take a toll. But at the same token, uh, you know, it doesn't have the toll on me that it has on these families. Very true. I want to go back, though, and just talk a little bit about uh, about your childhood. Did you grow up here? I grew up in Dothan uh, from third grade on, went to Selma Street Elementary, Young Junior High School, and then Dothan High School. Uh, we lived in Abbeville for the first and second grade years of my life. And so, yeah, I grew up here and uh, uh, left here uh, right out of high school, went in the Navy, and uh, was stationed on uh, a guided missile cruiser named the USS Mississippi. And I uh, was in the Navy for four years before working in the Defense Institute for several years before uh, being called to ministry, kind of late in life. We kind of followed the same path my dad followed. He was called to ministry later in life. So I was going to ask you about, about your early childhood, if there was a spiritual component in the household. Well, somewhat. You know, uh, I think in, in my household, uh, we came to Christ a little bit later. Uh, I didn't really grow up in a, in a Christian home early on in life, but that all changed. You know, when my dad got, you know, I, I guess his faith got more real to him and we started going to church more and more and uh, came here, in fact, walked out here in this church at uh, seven years old on a Sunday night. Uh, of course, it wasn't the church it is today. It was much smaller. Uh, but I don't know that I really understood exactly, you know, what I was doing then. So I 
later in life I realized I truly got aboard again and was baptized again here actually right after I came on staff here but uh, I think not having that component early you know probably affected me some uh, but then seeing my dad and then him surrender to ministry and seeing what it did to him was well, surrender first to Christ and then surrender to ministry had a large impact upon my life and where I am today as far as my faith especially how, in ministry how so uh, just maybe not having it in in the early childhood and then seeing it how how did that impact you seeing growing the, up and in your ministry seeing the change number one see in the change you know my dad you know he grew up later in the latter part of the depression had to quit school fifth grade uh, to help take care uh, of the farm and do different things to help take care with the family so he didn't get to go beyond the fifth grade education uh, but one thing I saw my dad was work ethic I worked hard you know drove a truck for years and, and uh, for many years and was very successful at that uh, was a great provider for our family but then watching him as the Lord started to work in his life and then watching him surrender to ministry and seeing the work he had to put in because he didn't have any college education didn't have any training uh, formal training, seminary training, or anything, but watching him get into the Word of God week after week. Now, a lot of this happened after I left the home, but coming home and seeing the impact he made uh, probably makes me a better minister today for two reasons. Number one, uh, he pastored a small church. And so, unlike in Ridgecrest, where we have Brother Ray who does the preaching on Sunday, and he does some pastoral work, he's got a pastoral care minister. When you're the pastor of a small church, you're doing pretty much everything. <laughs> you know, you're doing all the hospital visits, you're doing all the funerals, you're doing all the visitation. But watching his work ethic, work ethic in that and seeing the sacrifice that he made to make sure he met the needs of his church congregation had a huge impact on me. And then knowing the time and effort it took in reading the Word of God and listening to Back then he had some tapes. I remember he used to listen to cassette tapes of commentaries and then digging into the Word of God to be able to prepare to preach a sermon every week had a major impact on my life. You said, of course, you, you went into the military and then some other places before actually getting into vocational ministry. Is that because you had not received a call to vocational ministry at that time or do you believe you had been called and like some people do, either don't realize it until later on or maybe even run from it for a little, for a little while? Well, I knew God was doing something in my life early on. You know, my teenage years, you know, we, we came to Ridgecrest, like I said, I walked out here, seven, eight years old, but we went to what's called Primitive Baptist Church mm -hmm. here in Dutton, Little Vine, which is still on so I'm my dad's buried in the cemetery there next to Little Vine. I grew up in that church, uh, and in the Primitive Baptist Church, you know, it's acapella singing. There's no instruments. One thing they do, they'll call on a young person to open service, what they call. And so you get up and give a little sermon, if you will, on a passage of scripture that, you know, you may have been reading about or talking about. And, you know, I remember, you, you never knew if they're going to call on you. The pastor just kind of walked down the aisle, center aisle of the little church, you know, and grabbed one of us, you know, two or, three, two or three of us. So you had to be almost always be prepared, you know. But I knew probably in that time God was doing something. But I don't know if I felt like the, the, the call really to preach or to ministry at that point. It was really much later in life. But I do believe the work, begin probably in that time just to know how to really read and study the word and i was really a novice at it then but having to dig into it more than i ever had in my life to be ready every sunday that you went to church just in case you were called on do you believe your military experience and some of the other experiences that you had outside the ministry actually helped prepare you once you got in were there things that you could learn that you could draw from from those things yeah i think so uh, you know but Probably my time in the military was my Saul experience. 
you know, because, you know, when I, when I left home with the military, you know, I kind of got away from the tenets of my faith. Um, probably got caught up in the things of the world way too much. Um, so I believe it was that experience, you know, I, I was introduced to it, walked in it, got away from it, wasn't grounded in it. And when I got out of the military, I, I felt God working in my life and in my heart. And really, you know, outside of my dad, that experience early on in life and then later on in life, you know, when I, when, when I got to spend some time with him as an adult, as an adult son with an adult dad in ministry, God brought my wife into my life at just the right time, right after I got out of the military in Virginia, was another major influence in my life that really, along with the Lord, this Holy Spirit working and tugging, along with her influence, got me really back on track with God. And it was in those times, in those next three, four, five years that I started to feel, not only the tug to get back to where I needed to be with God, I'd have my prodigal moment, but I felt the call really to be in some sort of ministry. Part of that was working for a while with Upward Basketball mm -hmm. or Upward Ministry. Right. How did that come about and what did you learn from that time? Well, we were living in Columbia, South Carolina, going to First Baptist Church in Columbia. And Courtney was, uh, I guess, maybe first, second, third grade. I can't remember when she started playing Upward. And uh, I would coach her team. And uh, they had a, a female recreation director there. and. Just in spending time talking to her and watching the upper program, I was sensing something, you know, in my spirit. Uh, God tugging me to that, tugging me to that, tugging me to that. I mean, I played sports growing up and played, you know, never really played, you know, high school sports a lot. Played inter a lot of intramural stuff and had played softball and stuff as I got older. But it was in that moment that I saw, wow, you can take recreation or you can take sports and put a ministry component to it and make a huge difference in the lives, not only kids, but also their parents. So it was in that moment at First Baptist Columbia that I felt God called me to recreation ministry. And in a conversation with the, the recreation director at that time, I knew. I knew how God was going to do it, but I knew that was what I was going to be doing. And that would have been somewhere along, what, 20 years ago? Uh, about 18. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that job allowed you, once you worked into that job, it allowed you to travel around and to... Um, be around a lot of different churches and yeah. their sports and recreation ministries. And so I'm sure that was an interesting time to be able to interact with, with all the people that you had to interact with. Oh yeah. Because when I got out of the military, uh, I worked in the defense industry for several, several years there in Virginia. That's where I met Mary, my wife. But then when I left, you know, right before Y2K, you know, the computers were going to crash rolling over. I left the defense industry and went into the commercial side of computers. And we were, that's when we, were, we moved to Columbia. So it was in Columbia, South Carolina that I, I was working in the community industry. So I was traveling quite a bit. Uh, and I was traveling all over. We were, we, we did uh, software installations for utility type companies, especially your little cooperatives. And so software installation packages and testing those. So I was traveling a lot. So uh, I left that job and started doing a consulting job where I was traveling every day from Columbia up to Charlotte, keeping it back and forth. So it was in that time where God really started working even more about calling me somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. And so we eventually decided that he wants us to come back to Dothan. Uh, we moved back to Dothan. I was in that job consulting for a few months, moved back to Dothan, didn't really have a job, but I knew God would say move back to Dothan. Uh, so I came back early, was kind of looking for what God was wanting me to do. Started a business in Mount Gilead Baptist Church, had that beautiful new gym at the time. They were doing upward 
and Mary and Courtney stayed behind in Columbia while Courtney finished school. But it was in that time where I kept visiting Mount Gilead, visiting Mount Gilead, that I knew something, God wanted me to do something there. Mary and Courtney eventually came after the school year. We visited a couple of other churches here in Dothan. And I kept saying, we gotta go out to Mount Gilead. And one day I said, after, after worship, I said, we need to go talk to someone here. And I shared my testimony of what God was doing and why I was here. And I never get it. The, 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 the gentleman looked across the table and said, it's funny you're here. Because he said, we're looking for somebody to help out in our recreation ministry. And I just knew. And so that's how I got started in recreation ministry as a recreation associate at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. And then God began to do a work there. I was only there a few months before I left to go to Upward. So I'll tell you that to answer your question. It was mm -hmm. my time traveling to all these companies. So I was used to the travel, used to the, the I guess the, the, I guess the load of travel can be on you with the, the, the working in the, in the upward in the recreation ministry doing upward at Mount Gilead that God would prepare me for upward because I had to travel quite a bit with upward, but I was used to it already. And then the fire I had for recreation ministry and seeing lives change through recreation ministry, God been prepared me leading up to that point so I could go right into the job at upward. You mentioned the tremendous impact your father had in coming to the ministry later in life and how that impacted you. Were there others along the way that stand out to you that, that influenced you that you can look back now and say, wow, they, they really had a tremendous impact? Yeah, I think our pastor in Virginia, uh, where I met Mary Guy Maddox, he's still living. He's still, we still keep in contact some, uh, uh, but he was a huge influence. Uh, I get, and look, and you don't realize that sometimes you look back, it's almost like coming out of the wilderness, you know, you look back and you see God's handiwork moving, but just his impact and the conversations we would have uh, had a huge impact on my life. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, you know, and I, I don't want to sound over spiritual here, but if I had to, and it's a biblical character, but when I look at my life, you know, I mentioned Saul earlier to you, I had that experience. When I look at my life and the, the things that excite me and get in God's word, I love the life of Paul. And I haven't had the experience near the tribulation or the persecution that Paul had experienced, but I love the writings of Paul, and I do try to pattern my life after that kind of life because I believe he patterned his life after Christ. So, yeah, my dad, I, I, of course, Mary, Guy Maddox in Virginia, uh, but then I would have to say my biblical favorite biblical character, Father Paul. So you're a, at Mount Gilead for just a little while. You wind up uh, serving in the Upward Ministry. You're there. Uh, tell me a little bit about your role there, and then that leads you here to Ridgecrest to come on staff. So tell me a little bit about what you did at Upward and how you came to Ridgecrest. Okay, I was what they call a regional representative, uh, and so my territory initially when I came on board with Upward was Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Memphis area, part of Tennessee. Eventually, we continued to grow, and my territory became Alabama, Mississippi. So my role basically was traveling around to current church partners, just keeping in contact with them, assisting them, uh, or getting in contact with churches who had either gyms or field space. They could do football or soccer, and you would help them get involved with the upper ministry, talk to them about the program, how to recruit volunteers, how to get the ministry going. And so they would come to training conferences, but then we would be their hands-on person in the territory. So what I would do is I would travel different places every other week. I'd spend a week, I worked at my home office after the first year being in the corporate office there in Spartanburg, South Carolina. But I'd be in the office a week, tying up ends from the previous week, and and I 
making plans for the next week to travel out somewhere in Alabama or somewhere in Mississippi. And we had so many churches. I mean, so, you know, you would try to go to an area, kind of camp out there and just go out and visit the church. A lot of being in rural areas, but, um, and so just helping them, being their support uh, and walking them through and answering any questions they may have. And, and, and back when I was working there, the ministry was really, it was booming back then. It's kind of leveled off some now, but back then it was really booming. Sure. So you were in that position for, for a time and then an opportunity opened up here in recreation ministry at Ridgecrest. How did that come about? Well, uh, it's kind of the same thing. I, we were we were living in Montevallo, Alabama, just south of Birmingham. That's where we lived when I was traveling out. And uh, some things were happening upward. You know, I don't have anything negative to say about the ministry. Things started, some changes started happening and some, some different directions. And you know, I just start, started sensing God was saying, okay, you've been here five years. You've seen how so many other churches do recreation ministry. It's time for you now. And when I, let me go back to when I was at Mount Gilead. Mm-hmm. When I was at Mount Gilead, when God called me upward, I knew, you know, shouted out, it was to prepare me to come back one day to run a recreation ministry. I mean, I knew that in my spirit. So after those five years, you know, things were happening. And I sense God said, okay, now's the time. So, I mean, I remember we lived in this little community in Montevallo, and I'd walk that neighborhood day after day and just praying, praying, God, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And we put our house up for sale uh, to try to, Courtney went to a little Kingwood Christian in Alabaster. We were going to move, because I could live anywhere. I was going to move to Alabaster. Mary worked at that school in the preschool. Courtney went to school there. Instead of them commuting, we were just going to move to Alabaster. We put our home for sale. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, it's a cute little neighborhood, you know, and this nothing. And so I was like, Lord, what, what, what are you trying to do? And in the meantime, I get word. I'd just been to Dothan. They were building the, the, the family, uh, the fitness center here. And uh, Steve Barrett was a recreation minister here. And he said, hey, I was here just a few, uh, a few weeks before uh, things really started to happen. He said, hey, I want to let you know I'm, I'm going to be leaving and I'm going to put your name in for, and I said, okay, all right. And I kind of just kind of blew it off and I thought, mm, I don't think I was bringing back to Dothan, you know. And I, sure enough, I got back to Montevallo. I was on another trip and Ray emailed me and he said, hey, uh, no, he, he actually got my parents to get a hold of me and said, hey, uh, Ray wants you to send him a resume. So I, I thought about it and I thought, I went home and talked about it, mentioned it one time in front of Courtney, who was at a school she loved, and she said, oh, no. And so I emailed Ray. I didn't pray about it. That was the first mistake I made. I, I just went on an emotional response from my daughter, and I emailed Ray, and I said, I'm flattered that you want my resume. I just don't think it's the right time. So I kind of blew that off. That was kind of the summer uh, of that year. And so I, after that, I became miserable, and I kept walking in that neighborhood even more. And our house was still for sale, and I was praying, praying, praying. God, what is it? And the whole time, I think he was trying to tell me, it's right there. You're just not walking through the door. So I uh, went on a trip to uh, Orlando with family. My dad realized that his health was failing. wanted to get the family together. And it was on that trip to Orlando that God said he'd respond differently to that email. And so I emailed Ray back, and I said, listen, i got to tell you, I'm a miserable person right now because I didn't even pray about this. I said, I went on what I thought was the right response, and I said, God will not give me rest, and I need to send you my resume. And he and I said, would you still like it? And he said, sure, go ahead and send it. We've got several good candidates. But anyway, I went ahead and sent my resume. I came down to meet another guy, and I got hired. But not only did I get hired here at Ridgecrest, when I came uh, in view of a call here, when I got back to Montevallo, our house sold the very next week with a cash offer. 
and another example of just God's perfect timing and providence. He wasn't selling my house before because he knew I'd be moving to Dothan, and I just delayed the process because I was a little hard-headed. <laughs> it's incredible. You were in recreation ministry here in Dothan for how long? Uh, six and a half years. Six and a half years. Yeah. And uh, just a, a great time for the recreation ministry here. And I'm sure, as, as you said, your upward time was to uh, prepare you for recreation ministry. And then all of a sudden there's a transition to pastoral care, which is quite a transition in the ministry field for people that may not know. That is, That's a that, huge difference. It's quite a difference. Um, and, and you could see the door, at least in retrospect, you could see the door open wide open for recreation ministry. It was a different kind of thing for pastoral care mm -hmm. that had to be a tough adjustment in some ways, but also I'm sure there are moments of fulfillment in that as well. Oh yeah, it, it, it you know looking back, and it, it all happened so fast, really. Um, but uh, you know, Brother Orham, who was our pastoral care minister at Richcrest, did a great job. Um, he was going to retire, and so I mean, I'll never get right in the, the busiest time of the year for us. Back then, one of the busiest times was camp season. We were right in the middle of June, right in the middle of camps. And I remember Ray saying, hey, when you get a few minutes, come over and talk to me. And I came over and talked to him. And he said, hey, I've been praying. You know, Brother Orange retiring. I want you to consider. Uh, I want you to pray about it. Not telling you you need to do it or have to do it. So I want you to pray about doing pastoral care. And, you know, and I said, okay, I will. And of course, I mean, I went right back to work, you know. And uh, I, I let his office went right and picked up some T-shirts for camp. It was just such a busy time. So I, I did my best to pray about it. And uh, and I did. I spent some time praying. It was like I said, a very busy time, and I never really, I remember never really coming to peace about either direction. And uh, I remember coming back to Ray, and I said, "Look, I've been praying about this. And I don't sense God telling me to do pastoral care. I, I don't." And he, he shared me a story of time in his life where he prayed for something, and he said God didn't give him an answer in kind of a similar way, and he took him to a passage of scripture. And he, he, I forget what that scripture exactly was now, but what it was was God saying, "Look, I'm going to bless you either way. I'm going to leave love to you. I mean, so I'll let you make the decision." And I said, "Well, I said I don't still don't really feel a direction. I mean, I love recreation ministry." I said, and I remember Ray saying, "Well, look, I prayed about it," and I said, "No, I remember telling him, I said I don't know, but I said well, I'll do whatever you think is best for the church." And he said, well, "I've been praying about it, and I believe God's given me your name, and I believe." you'll flourish in pastoral care and I believe you're the guy for job. I said, okay, let's do it. Now back to the comparison. You know, recreation ministries, you know, you're over there now. You know, you get a lot of people, young people, a lot of people working out. Most people are in good health. Most people, you have minister, ministry opportunities often, but most of the time things are really upbeat, people working out. You work with a lot of kids and stuff. So I remember back in the day, I used to joke with people, I'm not the minister of recreation, I'm the minister of fun. And I really tried to be fun. I mean, I tried to be the minister of fun. I, I try to connect with all age groups. And so I remember when I took over pastoral care, I thought, you know what? Pastoral care, that's a great name. But I said, I need to think about what I want to do in this role. I want to have fun and minister through fun and through recreation. I said, what I want kind of my title to be in pastoral care. And I never get God gave it to me. And I, and I told people, I, I went from being the minister of fun to what I believe is the minister of joy. Hmm. And so I want to bring joy to people's lives in the midst of pain. And I want to let the light of Christ shine in me, sometimes in the midst of some dark times and some very difficult times for families. And so 
it's quite different areas of ministry, but no matter whether you're the minister of fun or no matter whether you're the minister of joy, I believe if you're open to God's leading, God can use you and your gifts and abilities to make a difference in the lives of people. But it is a lot different. Like we said earlier, you're walking through most of the time difficult days with a lot of families. So Absolutely. You are, you're going, you're making visits. A lot of times that is when, uh, when loved ones are very sick, when loved ones may be terminal, maybe even after loved ones have passed. And those are some very difficult times for the families that you are ministering to. Where does God give you the peace or the joy to be able to minister in those situations and not carry that burden along with you? Ooh, I'm not sure I'm there yet. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's hard. And, you know, depending on how long you're with someone, especially in a situation where they're maybe in a hospice care or they're in the last stages of life, you can't help, or I can't help the way I'm wired, you can't help to be get emotionally attached some. And, and it's like life, you know, some relationships are closer than others. I mean, I love everybody. I mean, every every family that I'm with, I mean, I don't, wanna, I don't have favorites, but I mean, there's just some that God provides a connection, closer connection with you. And those are the hardest ones. Um, you know, and you know, I'm asking, Ray told me when I took this role, he said, you know, you're going to probably do a lot of funerals just because you're in that, in that phase of life with them, latter stages, and some of them are sick and, you know, in a, in a process of, of going through the last stages of life. And he was right, you know, but what I try to do is I try to make each family unique. And I try to make them understand that number one, God loves them. And number two, that their church family loves them. I, you know, I'm an extension of two places, really, in pastoral care. It's not about me. I'm an extension of, of the Lord Jesus, and then I'm an extension of Bridge Coast Baptist Church. And I tell people there's nothing special about me. It's just that God's chosen me at this time to be doing this role, and I couldn't do it without him. Um, but I'll be honest with you, there's some, back to your question, it's some that, you know, that linger, that linger with you. But I think with each experience, you grow. Uh, my first funeral was a wreck. I'll never forget that. Uh, I kind of stumbled out, lost my place in my notes, and I kind of stumbled over it. But I look back at that now, and I kind of go, wow, God, you've done a real work. Because in four and a half years, I've done now over 50 funerals. And I try to make each one personal to the family. And really, I tell people, it's kind of a weird gift to have. But if I have a gift, it's been able to go meet with a family. It's easier if you know them. But if you didn't know them well, to go meet with a family, take down some notes about that person and be able to put it in a story that God uses in that setting of a funeral service to tell the story of their life and hopefully uh, remember them in a special way, but also at the same token, bring honor and glory to Jesus. You know, I know every piece of ministry in a church is valuable. It, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't. You can find value in everything. But to be able to offer uh, an extension of God's peace and comfort in someone's last days, in a loved one's, uh, to a loved one who's experiencing uh, family members' last days or maybe even after they've passed, that's extremely valuable. I'm sure you, you understand the, um, I guess, the the responsibility of that and, and being able to be tasked with that. Yeah, but I was sitting here thinking as you're asking that question. Here's the great thing, though, about any ministry. You know, you have a focal point. For you, it's recreation ministry. For me, it's pastoral care ministry. But in that focal point, there's branches. 
in pastoral care ministry, I will tell you though, I've had an opportunity to minister to some extensions in families that I probably never would have had a chance to minister to without walking through that journey with that family. And I think about some I've talked to about substance abuse issues, that families, we've shed tears as we prayed over these. And so back, so when I tell you, one of my biggest influences was Paul or Saul. I can think back in my life to who I once was. And I can think now to who I am now, still an unfinished work, but a work nonetheless in Christ. I believe that experience allows me to be a better minister to those who are struggling because I can look right across my desk or right across a table or right across a sofa or the room and say, you may not understand this, but I get what you're saying. But I'll also tell you that I know a Savior who can rescue from the life that you're now in and give you a new hope and purpose. So I guess the difficulty part of the pastoral care job, I guess the, the, the really fun part of it, you know, is being able to hopefully impact a life that's still here. Even though they lost a loved one, now what does God want to do in you? And so that's, the, I guess, the fun part, to see God be able to use you to say, let me tell you about my life, and here's what God did, and be able to use that in their life. I don't think there's a better um, period to uh, end our conversation here on Ridgecrest Stories. Bob Sanders, thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, Lance.